This is a Macquarie Group podcast. So hello and welcome to another episode of Macquarie's Perspectives podcast where our diverse team of experts and invited special guests share their latest thinking on current and emerging topics. I'm Laura and today I'm joined by Rick Deverell, Macquarie's Chief Economist and Head of Net Zero. Now Rick has more than 30 years experience analysing the global economy and financial markets and during what's proving to be a turbulent year right around the world we've asked him to come into the studio to help us make sense of what's happening. So it's evident how much these topics are on people's minds because the term inflation's actually jumped considerably in Google search results between 2021 and 2022. And as we continue to operate in uncertain times, Rick's going to give us his take on the current economic landscape, what the next 12 months might have in store, and how economic outlooks are forecast given the unique nature of the time we find ourselves in. Rick, welcome to the podcast and thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Laura. So Rick, I think we should um, first sort of set the scene a little bit here. Can you give us an overview of the current economic landscape globally? It's been a challenging year this far. Is that set to continue? Look, it has been a challenging year and it's been a very confusing year. And to understand that, I think you need to think about what happened in the last couple of years. And of course, there's been a lot of moving parts, but we had the Trump trade wars. Um, We had the very big increase in US tariffs on China. Um, Just as the global economy looked to be getting through that, we had the COVID outbreak. And of course, that brought with it lockdowns, which we'd never seen before. So we'd never seen major economies literally shut down economic activity. Then we saw a massive government stimulus, which then led to inflation. And it's that inflation that's caused central banks to increase interest rates dramatically over the last year. So as we sit here now, thankfully inflation is peaking, but interest rates are quite high, growth is slowing in a lot of countries, and looking forward a lot will depend on that combination of monetary tightening and, uh, and higher inflation and how that washes through. Yeah, so you've mentioned that over the past, say, 16 months, central banks have exercised monetary tightening. Are we starting to see the effects of this running through? Look, we are, but it, it's, it's funny in that I, I think as a society, we've got used to things happening immediately. So we're not used to delayed gratification. But the problem with monetary policy is it's a very blunt instrument. And famously, Milton Friedman in the 1970s talked about long and variable lags. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. So monetary policy has tightened really quickly. In fact, it's the biggest and the fastest tightening cycle since the early 1980s. And only now we're starting to see the impact on economic activity. And, it, and it's varying between sectors and among countries. Mm. So I guess a lot of your job is looking back at what happened in the past to help you look at what's going to happen in the future, right? Yeah, it is. Well, what you do is you try and look at the patterns in the past, look at how things have, have worked. But to be honest, that's why this one's really tricky. Because I've been doing this, as you said, for more than 30 years, but none of us have ever seen a lockdown, a stimulus of this magnitude, a rebound, big inflation, and and what we're seeing now. So you need to be humble in terms of trying to understand what's actually happening. Mm, It's really uncharted waters. Okay, so let's take an example um, in Australia. So interest rates are high and there's talk of an impending mortgage cliff for homeowners. How does real estate and mortgage application rates influence the Australian economy, given home ownership actually nationally sits at around 67%? Yeah, so people love emotive terminology in this space and everyone's been talking about the mortgage cliff. What, What they mean with that is that normally most mortgages in Australia are what we call variable rate. So when the RBA changes the policy rate, it flows through almost immediately to that rate. Whereas during COVID, 
unusually we had 45% of mortgages written at fixed rate um, and most of those are at three year fixed so your interest rate doesn't change for three years but that three year period is now starting to roll off and of course people are saying that as that roll off a lot of people are going from say a 2% interest rate to a 6% interest rate and that will have a really big hit to consumption so that, that's the concern at the moment. The reason the housing market is so very important to the economy is first it's the biggest asset that most people hold so if, if prices go up they feel better, if prices fall they feel bad but more importantly in terms of its interaction with the mortgage if your interest rate goes from 2% to 6% suddenly you have much less disposable income and you can't spend it on other things and that's the concern at the moment. Isn't that part of what they want though, people to stop spending on the same time? Yeah, and, and that is the rub at the moment in that we're in a world where inflation is too high so central banks are deliberately slowing economies down in an ideal world, they slow them down just enough to allow the labour market to ease up, just enough to allow wage growth to slow enough, which in turn will bring inflation back down. But the reason that the Australian Governor Phil Lowe has been talked about, talking about it's a very narrow path, is that it's a very blunt instrument. So you'd have to be pretty lucky to pull off all of those variables at the same time. Yeah, huge balancing act, right? Yeah. So on a more global level, how do factors like productivity, jobs and wage growth also influence the economy? Yeah, so again, there's lots of moving parts in that. I mean, ultimately, over the long run, increases in living standards are about productivity. So you need productivity to get richer over the long run. In the short term, it's this really interesting mix between wage growth, inflation and productivity. Over time, the services side of the economy, prices tend to move with wage growth. And part of the problem we have at the moment is that um, labour markets are very tight, which has meant that wage growth is higher than people would like. So part of what they're trying to do is eve off labour markets to allow wage growth to slow down to something consistent with the central bank's inflation targets. But where it gets really tricky forecasting this is that if you have very high productivity growth, you can have higher wages than if you have weak productivity growth. And the problem at the moment is that in most places, in particularly Australia, productivity growth has been pretty weak. So that's what keeps central bankers alert in that even though wage growth is slowing down a bit with weak productivity, they probably need it to slow a bit more. Easing off the job market, does that mean more unemployment? How does that? It probably does. Mm. And it, both in Australia and the United States, unemployment is now about 3.5%. And we haven't been that low with unemployment since the 1970s. So we, we never know ex ante or before the case what full employment is. But most of us think that it's probably a bit too low now. Unemployment is probably a bit too low. And to bring the economy back into equilibrium, whereby wages are growing consistent with the inflation targets, you probably need unemployment to move a bit higher, but hopefully not very much. And, and the degree of precision around that is very large as well. And, and what I mean by that is that we all have these models in our head, but they don't work very well. So a lot of what central bankers are doing now is kind of feeling their way. And, and if the economy slows, then maybe tightening is done. But if it doesn't slow, they've probably got a bit more to do. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm gonna close now with a big question, considering current economic conditions. So. Personally, where do you think the global economy will be this time next year? I'm hoping for a bit of a rosier picture perhaps than the one we've talked about today. Again, it's, it's a really difficult question, obviously. I, my, my sense is, given those long and variable lags, that things are going to continue to slow down a bit more over the, over the near term. So it wouldn't surprise me if growth is a bit weaker as we go into 2024 than it is now. But I also hope that as that slowdown goes through and wage growth eases back a bit, that the economy moves into equilibrium and by the middle of next year 
with a bit of luck and a fair breeze, things are stabilising and we're setting up for another long expansion. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us, Rick. No really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Perspectives. You can learn more about our market commentary at Macquarie.com. Thank you for listening to this Macquarie Group podcast. All episode disclaimers can be found in the show notes.